Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian and for a change on a tight schedule today. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined from Florida by Mark Donaldson. Yes, Orlando. I've taken the boys away for a few days to prepare for the Airdrie game this weekend. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> yeah, Berra's not happy. Uh, Colin Doyle's refusing to train. Um, Mulraney's desperate to, to go up the coast to Atlanta. Uh, but apart from that, everything's everything's going well. And we had a nice visit last night from John Daly, who was paying his uh, his regards and wished to pass <laughs> on his, his best wishes. So, yeah, nice, nice little uh, nice little summer camp here in Orlando uh, ahead of the game this weekend against Airdrie. Yes, of course, Hearts do play Airdrie this weekend. We will talk about that a bit later on. Uh, the reason I mention a tight schedule is uh, because Mark is away and I think he has dinner reservations in approximately <laughs> 45 minutes from now so we'll probably have to keep it to a tight 40 minutes which we're not usually good at doing but there isn't really much option this time so before we get into it uh, in a kind of newspaper fashion where you see those corrections um, when newspapers uh, not, not not a retraction as such but just getting errors uh, corrected from previous oh, editions. So, no. Um, first, a, a, a quite simple one. Christoph Berra, we mentioned, did not reach 250 appearances. He was one short. However, uh, Davy Allen, uh, who was, of course, of the Hearts Museum and the excellent, or, or usually excellent and usually accurate London Hearts website, messaged us suggesting that actually Berra did reach exactly 250 Hearts appearances. Uh, the error appears to, he admitted, be on his side because apparently both the official Hearts website and me um, <laughs> get the information from there and he had accidentally uh, missed one of Christoph Berra's appearances. So Christoph Berra did reach 250 appearances for Hearts, which puts him 50th in the all-time list. And if anyone's interested, Davey also mentioned he's now 8th in the list of longest career span with Hearts, uh, 16 years and 27 days. The second <laughs> correction's um, a tad more amusing. Um, oh, Jesus. So last uh, last time out, Mark got very excited about uh, Sidney Devine. And I, I, I'm putting this all on Mark because until Mark brought it up, I didn't even know who Sidney Devine was or who... Yeah, you, you have to put it all on me. You you, you don't need to take any of, of this. That is a... <laughs> A, a fo this is a faux pas of the highest order. I'd actually forgotten about that, sitting here on my hotel balcony, thinking, cool, we can look ahead to the Airdrie game and talk about the... And then I realised I screwed up last week, big time. So the real Sydney Divine, as far as we're aware... is 80 not... years old and doesn't even use social media. Does because it... he doesn't know how to, because he's 80 years old. I should have at least thought that because someone's 80 years old, there was a good chance that they wouldn't be so coherent on social media. <laughs> So um, Sydney Devine, who, who who tweets us on a regular basis, did message me and he said, <laughs> when I set the Twitter account up years ago, I never gave it a second thought. It was just a name. I'm just a wee guy from Edinburgh, not the real Sydney Devine. But do you know what's fooled me? Because Sydney Devine once did a gig or some, he must have played before a game or, or whatever, or did a gig or was it Time Castle. Okay. So Sydney Devine's profile photo is of the Sydney Divine, the yes. magnificent Sydney Divine, in front of the old family <laughs> enclosure. 
<laughs> so that's what I kind of thought. There's not, who's going to pretend to be Sidney Devine? Why? No, no one. It must, it must be him. Didn't even think he's 80 years old. My dad's like 80 years old this year, right? And he, 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 <laughs> he can somehow, maybe 80 year old people can use social media. Because my dad texts me and says, I was able to get you on my, my app. I said, Dad, how, how'd you manage that? Oh, the boy at the phone shop put it on for me. I said, Dad, I'm on like ESPN News. People in America can't even get me. No, I watched it. I watched it. I ah, good son, good. So may, maybe, maybe, but yeah. Uh. So he must have played a gig at Tyne Castle or done something. He's been there, and that's when the photo was taken. I, I, I think the image might have been doctored one day. No, don't say that to me. Don't say, <laughs> honestly, last week was like, when I found out it wasn't Sydney Divine, I was like, Ava Grace one day will find out that Santa Claus... Shit, she's probably can hear me. <laughs> She'll probably find out one day that Santa um, is a figment of our imagination. Um, but until that day... Then she'll be distraught, and that's okay. that's how I felt last week. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, an email. Uh, Rory Dinwoodie messaged us. Um, a great show, guys. But what the what the f is going on with Levine and our club? How can a manager with his record of overseeing a squad with the worst injury record in the country? and an eye for recruitment that brought in Daria Manqua to the club on a three-year deal be put in charge of anything. But he's now been given the job of assessing, and if needed, recruiting a new medical team. It's beyond a joke. Honestly, as a young manager himself, would he have accepted an ex-gaffer hanging around the club? Keep hearing how much he loves the club, needs to prove it, and walk away. On a side note, this is only the second most outrageous bit of Hearts chat this week. What the fuck was Mark thinking not putting Julian Brelli into the hard man team? Anyway, keep up the good work. Gorgie <laughs> rules. And he does say, fuck the Hibs. Um, oh, dear, I don't, I don't want that. I, I don't always read it, but he says, I'm assuming you can read all that because you swear now, apparently, winky face. <laughs> Cheers, Rory. <laughs> I, we do try not to, but I did use the F-bomb in reference to Ian Murray last time, so I felt it was only fair that on this occasion I read out exactly what Rory said. Um but anyway, his first point, interesting that we're, we're still, I guess, coming out with statements about Craig Levine's role and w- what he's doing. So the, so the intrigue for me here, when were these quotes from? And do, I don't think those quotes were fresh. I think they might have been regurgitated. And they, they, were, they were certainly said by Anne mm-hmm. Fudge. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I did. I read somewhere that the quotes were maybe a few weeks old. So I don't know if they've just been regurgitated quotes or whatever. The bottom line is, he shouldn't be at the football club anymore. You lose your job and you should be gone. You lose two jobs, that's special. You should be out of there. And look, it'll be till the end of the season. It shouldn't be. There's no point in getting our knickers in a twist. The decision's been made. I think it's the wrong decision. We have to move on. The Julian Brelli thing. <laughs> you you want to get quickly out of that? <laughs> yeah, quickly because I know we're on a time frame. Um, I always I didn't really have him as a hard man. I had him as a right good player that didn't need to resort to being a hard man. Um, there were times he stuck up for himself, but and and well, this is where I want to bring on um, a correspondence we had from Preston Pan's Hearts, and I take that on on board. He's getting a bit annoyed with my tangents, aren't we all? Aren't we all? But I don't <laughs> want to be too harsh in response. I'm not one of these that, that fights fire with fire. I'll take abuse. I'll take criticism. I've had it for long enough. Um, I'll try and respond with self-deprecation. If that doesn't work, then hey-ho. 
Because the reason I'm not going to be too harsh here is because Preston Pan's Hearts on his biog says, dedicated to getting Panners and others to Hearts matches since 1978. Well, back in the mid-90s, Preston Pan's Hearts were one of the only Hearts supporters club who ran a bus to Hamden for a game I've mentioned before when David Hagen scored and Celtic played Hearts. Um, and we either got a point out of it or we got a late winner. I think it was 94. Um, and they were one of the only ones. So to this day, I remain grateful for that because I wasn't going to drive through and, and I was able to, to, to get to the Preston Hands bus, Preston Pans bus and, and get a ride through. So he was annoyed. He said, Look, the tangents are, are too much. And also the fact that why we've got this stupid World Cup. You, you started this strip thing. You didn't finish it. True. Our, our, our bad. That's my fault. But come on, we've had a fair few votes. And we're going to go through the first round results of the Hearts Hardman World Cup today. And Preston Pants Hearts, just give us your top five. No, I think I think with this one, bear with us. I, I think this is okay. Now, the point was made, oh, but you didn't see Willie Johnson in the flesh. You didn't see Jimmy Bone in the flesh. Yeah, maybe they were a year before me. But we had a fair few people saying, why wasn't Dave Mackay and, and, and others? The Dave Mackay story, briefly, is that he hated... Um, that photo of him and Billy Bremner, because he felt they portrayed him as a nasty bastard. He wasn't. He was hard but fair. So we could have put other people in it, um, but I didn't. I didn't really see them. And and look, yeah, fair fair play. Jimmy Bone maybe the year before, Willie Johnson maybe the year before, but everyone else since then I, I did see. So the, there you go. I, I wish to I wish to just put that in play. There you go. Given that you've you've brought it up, let's 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 go through it now because we put it out there. We put out the the Hearts Hard Men World Cup. It was a a first round of thirty two teams, so this is a straight uh, knockout tournament. And um, well, yeah, let's go through them because uh, the listeners and our followers on Twitter voted on it. So uh, you've not. I don't looked, know the outcome. You don't know. Yeah, no, okay. I, I, yeah, because I've been here since um, since Monday, and I I saw the early vote because I did my voting. Um, I went to the polls. I went to the polling station last week to do my voting <laughs> for the first round. Um, so I know there were some that were like really, really one-sided, understandably so, given the matchups. But there were others. You messaged me from Rome. Clearly, being in Rome with your beloved, watching Roma Juve the weekend wasn't as important as checking the votes and the updates <laughs> from our. Because you messaged me, goes, my God, this is close. And I can't remember which one it was, but I'm looking forward to the, the results here. Okay, we'll go through them. So, match one was Jimmy Bone versus Glenn Snodden. How? What, what, what would you? Bone. Yeah, eighty-nine point one percent of the votes. So, uh, Jimmy Bone coasts through uh, to face either uh-huh. Dave Bowman or Willie Johnston. See, that's a tough one because Bowman's still serving his ban, but Bud could really handle himself. <sighs> Dave Bowman just sixty-six point eight percent. So, that's fairly right. comfortable, but. Was okay, was more so of a Jimmy Bone. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, this oh this 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 is the tight one. This is um, oh, okay. Ian Baird versus mm-hmm. Stephen Presley. Has to be Baird. Has to be Baird. I mean, Paul. Even Paul Ritchie was getting in on this. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Baird would knock him into the next fortnight. Tell me, Baird won. Just. Wow. 50.8% to 49.2. Really? Wow. And Stephen Presley was ahead quite late on in the voting. Was so he? That's a, that's a penalty shootout 
I think. I, it, I think there's a chance the Russians might have interfered with this uh, <laughs> to push Baird over the line. I think Baird has threatened people to ensure he went through the next round. He's bald as a coot now. I saw a photo of this person. It was like, who's this? It was on kickback or something a few years ago. I was like, wow, who could that be? And it was Ian Baird. And he looks harder now with no hair. See, with the blonde, the blonde kind of quiff, mm, you'd say, you, you maybe want to take him home to mum. And then he'd destroy the house. <laughs> but with a with a bald head, phew, hard man. I'm glad he I'm glad he's through. Elvis was a tough first round opponent. But who's Baird got in the next round? Either Ali Mocklin or oh. Phil Stamp. Mocklin. Oh, Phil Stamp, sixty four point eight percent of the votes for Phil Stamp. I think that's I think that's because more people saw Stamp play Tom as a hardy boy. Look, he 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 left a shit show in various rented a, apartments and accommodation yes. when he was a hard by all accounts. With five bellies. <laughs> With five bellies, but does that mean he, I mean, it means he can eat and drink, but does it mean he could fight his way out of paper bag? I'm disappointed with Ali Moffat not going through there because he, he's a hardy boy, but he's out. Oh dear. He's out. Um, next up, Neil Poynton versus Henry Smith. <sighs> I always thought Henry could handle himself. And th- this, uh, I think Henry might have won that. Well, he didn't on this occasion. Seventy-two point seven percent of the votes going to Neil Poynton. Ah, uh, well, Henry, Henry, Henry is a, he'll be able to handle him. He'll be able to deal with a first-round exit in, in the way only he knows how. <laughs> uh, so Neil Poynton to face either Walter Kidd or Justin Fashionu. Oh, that's a good one. I think Fashionu would have won that. Well, not on this occasion. Ninety-three percent for Zico for Walter Kidd. Yep. Coasting through yeah, it. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up um, was Hugh Burns versus Scott Severin. Hugh. But most people probably saw Severin and probably gave it to him. Yeah, I think you're maybe yeah for, forgetting to judge your predictions here on. <laughs> who, on who votes? Sixty-six point three percent for Scott Severin. I think people, if they don't, if they haven't seen one of them, are tending to vote for the yeah, one they fair. saw, which is. Yeah, I'm sure Sydney Devine probably voted for Hugh Burns, but because he's of, of an age. Never mind. <laughs> so, Scott Seven will play either Craig Levine or Con- Connor Salmon. Craig Levine. Uh, yeah, this is the biggest whitewash yet. I think 94.9% for... Salmon would have missed. <laughs> <laughs> he would Sorry. have, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's next... the top half, isn't it? Yes, it is. Next okay. up, uh, match nine. Mm. Uh, it was Graham Hogg versus Ian Ferguson. Hogg. Yep. Fifty-eight point one percent, though not a not a white wash. Really? So oh, okay. And that was Ian Ferguson that scored against Bayern, not the the big, tall, lanky Ian Ferguson that scored that game against Hibs that Martin Tyler was commentating on. I would assume I that everyone would, everyone took that, but yeah. Um, yeah, one's one's got an extra eye. Ian Ferguson of free kick fame has an extra eye <laughs> in his first name. Uh, next up, Hoggy Hoggy to face Pas- Pasquale Bruno or doesn't Peter matter Hall. who he's playing. Put, Put Pasquale through. Uh, yeah, I think that was always going to happen. 92... Who, who was he? Who was he playing? Peter Haring, ninety-two point five percent. Pasquale. Tough Bruno. first round draw for Peter Haring. Yes. Away in Italy with the time difference. Tough. That's like that's like playing Brazil at their peak. Yeah, yeah. that's at the Maracanã eighty-four. <laughs> Without John Barnes, if you travel there with England, no, tough, tough fixture. Kenny so, Bl- by the way, does, sorry, does that mean Graham Hogg against Pasquale, Pasquale Bruno? Bruno. And then, oh. Yep. <gasps> <laughs> It's got to be Bruno, isn't it? Because if Hogg gets knocked out by Levine, what would Bruno do to him? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next up, Kenny Black versus Jim Hamilton. 
Kenny Black through Streetwise. 75.4%. Kenny Black goes through fairly comfortably uh, to face either Neil Berry or the wild card I threw in, Mr. Julian Brellier. Oh, your pals have probably all voted for Brelli, haven't they? <laughs> Has he got through? Julian Brelli, 58.4%. Nice oh, it's tight, though. It's tight. That's a, it's a, it's a 1 0 win. 1 0 win or a 9 0 win. Doesn't matter. I mean, hey, Southampton lost 9 0 at home to Leicester. Look what happened in the return fixture. Indeed, indeed. So, Kenny Black versus Julian Brelli. Um, next up, uh, this was just silly. Sandy Clark versus Jamie Hamill. Told you. So, J- there was a piece in the paper this morning I was reading online. Um, Jamie Hamill. Is he now a plumber? He plays part-time for Stranraer because they've got Rangers at Ibrox. Yeah. And he was talking about how the hardest day of his life was the cup final because in training prior to the Celtic game in the semi, no one near him and he did his ACL. So he missed the Celtic semi and he missed the final. Yeah, I think he was still in crutches at the final, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. So, um, yeah, tough, tough, tough draw for Jamie Hamill. Um, and who, who, who just beat him? Uh, Sandy Clark, ninety point two percent of the votes for Sandy Clark. I've seen I've seen Sandy Clark angry, and I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to see him angry ever again. He he could go far. He's a tough half of the draw with Hoggy and, and Bruno, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think he'll get through the next round. Who's he got? He'll play uh, play either Mike Galloway or Christian Nadi. Galloway. Galloway was really hardy. Did he win? He did. Seventy percent for Mike Galloway to Christian Nadi's thirty percent, which is probably not too surprising. Uh, that next... could be there's two ties of the round. Next round, and the, they're both in the bottom half. Hogg against Bruno, and Galloway against Clark. Yeah. I think they'll be really, really close. And we're going to do the voting for round two over the next seven days. So yep. we will uh, we will allow your votes coming up. Uh, we got Wayne Foster versus Andy Webster next. That's a tough one. Foster just? No, 62% Andy Webster, but again, could be a a generational thing. Yeah, but Andy could handle himself. Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. As, um, was it Didier Gat found out? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we've got, uh, that's us all down to the last one, which is Neregius Barassa versus Ian Black. Blackie. Yep, seventy-three point seven percent for Ian Black, which means. But Asa was one of these Hardy boys who he looked hard, acted hard, but I, I don't, I, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. He was the Conor McGregor of his day without any ability, as far as punching and everything is concerned. Well, that that that's the shoulders. Yes, I would I would fully. That's the first round done. So we'll put them out onto the uh, Twitter pay feed before next show. Jimmy Bone versus Dave Bowman. Ian Baird versus Phil Stamp. Neil Poynton versus Walter Kidd. Scott Severin versus Craig Levine. Uh, Graham Hogg versus Pasquale Bruno. That'll be a Oof. that'll be a big battle. Kenny, Bo- yeah, Kenny Black versus Julian Brellier. Sandy Clark versus Mike Galloway, another tough one. And uh, former teammates, Andy Webster versus Ian Black. Next up, so uh, Mark also put a bit of homework out there last time out, which was uh, around your favourite Hearts supporting celebrities. Um, And we got a few tweets back about this, so we'll go through some now. Uh, Foxtrot Oscar says, Chris Hoy. 
of course, Sir Chris Hoy, MBE, former track cyclist who won seven Olympic medals, six gold, one silver, and uh, now a racing driver, isn't he? He's an, Hoy? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's, uh, he does motorsport now. Um, it's interesting. It, it got me it got me thinking. I, I had to double-check. I had a quick look, um, and he does. It's not often that you get sportsmen changing sports is it i know i know drag and many will argue about motorsport as being a sport sport but do, do you know what i mean you don't get too many interesting interesting question and i'm sure if, if it was worded right it could lead to future homework some examples over here um someone that, that lives not far from where i live uh, in northern connecticut is ivan lendl and lendl um he's a member at the the golf club goshen golf club um not too far from, from where I live. He put half a million into the golf club, his private club, to improve the greens because he felt he had a chance of maybe qualifying for the senior tour. So he's one. Uh, someone else, Tony Romo. There's talk right now. So Tony Romo has been absolutely outstanding. Any NFL viewers who get Tony Romo and, and Jim Nance CBS coverage in the UK on Sky, I think Romo is, is one of the best color guys, one of the best analysts in all of sports. But his contract's about to expire at the end of this season. So there's a fair bit of talk about who wants to come in for him. And ESPN has been mentioned potentially to do Monday Night Football. But that would give him the opportunity to do Thursday, Friday PGA rounds. He plays, I think, two or three rounds a year, two or three competitions a year. But it would mean even if he made the cut, which I don't think he's done yet, he could play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then still be at the Monday night game for ESPN. I'm assuming he'll stay with CBS, but any new contract would have to contain a proviso that there is a chance, whether he's down to do Thursday night football, he would have to miss it that week, or if he's mainly to do Sunday, that if he makes the cut, he would have to miss. So there's a couple over here, Ivan Lendl and Tony Romo, who was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback and loves his golf. Be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I I believe I'd have to go and have a look because it's just it's not something I've looked up previously, but I'm sure there was um a couple hearts related ones. One possibly with cricket in the past. Um Andy Gorham obviously played it because he played at Pennycook for a spell. Um until he ended up with about ten ex wives there and vowed never to even swerve to avoid the Pennycook <laughs> sign on the bypass he once said. Um they did it. so Gorham played cricket. Um, there was a fair few. Obviously, the the was it David Johnston that played for Hearts and played for Scotland at the rugby. Oh, that came up before, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah he, in the eighties, I think he played at Watsonians, or and then um, I think he moved, did he not leave Hearts for Watsonians in one of the more bizarre transfers? Oh, I think yeah, it might have come up. Yeah, I'm sure um, it did come up. Yeah, we might have to revisit that one. Um, uh-huh. Perth to Paisley and Craig McGill both mentioned Stephen Hendry. Of course, former snooker player. Currently does a bit of punditry, poker. I think, for this. Does he not do poker as well? Does he? Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I know he won yeah. the yeah, he does. I'm World sure, Championship I'm sure seven him. times snooker-wise. Yeah, but... yeah I'm, sure he, I'm sure he plays poker. Okay. Uh, Hans Eskelson, of course, is a big, was a big poker player. I don't know if he's still doing that. Um, at least he found a sport he was good at. He did, all right. <laughs> he, he did all right. Yeah, there's a few that'll be interesting. If anybody else knows, not so much a homework, because we might not get many responses, but just... If there's anyone we've missed that, that is, was decent after football or even part-time, um, what was the story I remember about 
was it Kevin Thompson and Gary, uh, Kevin Thomas, sorry, and, and Gary Locke, or one of the two maybe went, or Al McManus or something. I think Craig Levine, first spell around, or Sandy Clark or someone, um, caught them on a golf course and they had to take their golf clubs up and down the, the Wheatfield stand. I think that's true. So just little stories like that. They didn't play it like golf to a standard, but I think they played it too, too many days um, before a game. And, uh, and got done for it. I, I remember it was uh, Bob Malcolm. Was he, did he not get done by Rangers for playing fives? Playing five aside <laughs> when he was still <laughs> playing for Rangers? Uh, anyway, uh, Rich says, Alex Salmond. Although I might wait a couple of months on that one. <laughs> yeah. Might be yeah I'm trying to keep, a, keep abreast of that from afar. <laughs> abreast. Maybe that's the wrong choice for it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yes, let's move swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> Amaruso lets it run, says Ken Stott, uh, which is a good yes. one, of course. Rebus, uh, The Hobbit, and obviously a lot more on uh, TV and, and film. And he's, I guess, the first one we've had on the list that I have, I have met before and I had a drink with, actually, in the Diggers. Uh, with, yeah, because he's probably with Gary McKay and Ian. Yeah, with, he was with, um, and he was with Ian McLeod, you know, of yep. um, Save Our Hearts previously, so... Yeah, he was, and he was a, a very nice gentleman when I met him. Had a couple of pints, talked football. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, MJK says Ailey Doyle. She loves a wee five-one to the cameras after competing in her track races, and she still sports her heart's wristband. And of course, Ailey, uh, an athlete, also with uh, an Olympic medal. She got a bronze medal, mm. three-time Commonwealth silver medalist, among others. I wonder because uh, I think she she took time out to have a baby. And I wonder when she comes back if she's going to. I mean, I'd like to think she's still going to wear the uh, the heart's wristband. We would, we would hope. I can't, see, so. can't see why not. Um, Gar- not like she'd want to wear some sort of wristband with like being a doting mother now. I mean, what's more important, your football club or your new child? Come on, there's only well, yeah, there's only you, one winner. You, there has to be the football. You tell club. me. <laughs> football club. They're down at the pool now. They've gone. They're out of the room. All right, you so can be down, honest. They're down at the pool. <laughs> What's more important? <laughs> yeah, move on. Gav says it was Ronnie Corbett. Um, Square Sausage Ninja says this is an interesting one. She's uh, Square Sausage Ninja says Karen Gillan, when she studied in Edinburgh, fell in love with Pania. Um, uh, Karen is a Scottish actress. Uh, Doctor mm, Who, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Avengers, the recent Jumanji movies. Um, I can't say I knew anything about any links with Hearts or Mauricio Pinilla, but do, do you? Did you? No. I mean, Pinilla was just off his rocker. Yes, but he was. No. He was a. He, he was a, a. A smooth, a smooth, a smooth gentleman. Um, like the ladies. Is this when you play a little? Ladies. You can either have the Mike Myers International Man of Mystery, or you can do Smooth Operator by Shadi for for Pinilla. I think I remember a flatmate of someone I knew had went Uh-oh. on a date with Pania, and he'd—I <laughs> might be remembering incorrectly, or it might have he might have made it up—that um, he had a translator with him on the <laughs> on date. On a date, yeah. She wishes to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do, do you remember? Did he have much English? No, no, no his no? English was all right. Okay, it was, it was fine. I, we. I, I've told you a story before about before the interview one day at Rickerton, he, he wanted to show the journalists his Simpson socks. Oh, he had yes. one, he had, he had odd, odd socks. One had Homer on it, and he went, ah, dope. 
We're like, okay. <laughs> um, by the way, wh- while we're on kind of going on dates and, and, and bits and bobs, um, I got a message from my pals in this WhatsApp group I'm in last night. Man City Aces jetted in 22 models for Bunga Bunga style bash after 6-1 win at Villa. What the <laughs> fuck is a Bunga Bunga style bash? A Bunga Bunga? Yeah, I mean, so bunga you click on the like, it was, it was in the Scottish Sun, so I mean, um, so 22 Instagram models jetted in. So they were, they were out in the town, bunga, and apparently bunga. the wags were not invited. Um, I'm too scared to Google Bunga Bunga. What is, okay, what is he- that? Bunga Bunga is a phrase of uncertain origin and various meanings that dates from 1910 and a name what? for an area of Australia. No, that's not it. But, okay, by 2010, the phrase had gained popularity in Italy and the international press to refer to former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's sex parties, which caused a major political scandal in Italy. Oh, wow. Okay. So it, it sounds like... Um, <laughs> oh, Christ. In 2006, Flavor Flav released the album <laughs> Hollywood containing the track Unga Bunga Bunga. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> you know what the headline of this <laughs> podcast is going to be now, isn't it? Unga Bunga Bunga. Uh, and people are like, what is Unga Bunga Bunga? In 2011, the full French-American oh. band Nunon Plus released a song entitled Bunga Bunga. The cover of the single featured a picture of Silvio Berlusconi. Oh, you're just back from it, Blade. Was this not spoken about in uh, Trascavere at the Taverna Trilusa where um, you went for dinner? Uh, I didn't have to go there in the end. Um, be- believe it or not, I didn't once go out for dinner. Um, in the... Well, did you eat pot noodles in the hotel room while practising uh, Bunga Bunga? Went out for breakfast, um, went out for lunch at one point, but Apart from that, I was often grabbing pizzas from places, and it was yeah. Um, comedians have had a podcast. Okay, we're getting distracted. Anyway, apparently by, by, it's by, a sex the, party, the, basically. Well, you know, and it, it, the Sun article included the line: "Wags were not invited." Well, well that was <laughs> just my, weird. Can you imagine when you got back? How was your night? Oh, fine. What you got up to? No, oh, just a quiet night with the boys. Was it like bunga bunga? Ah. By the way, the game you were at, Roma against Juventus. Yes. There was also Lazio were playing at home on Saturday, and it's the first time in 31 years that both Lazio and Roma played at home on the same weekend oh, in Serie okay. A. It's because both teams will be away from home on the final day to allow the stadium to be prepared for the Euros, as it was in 1990 when it was being prepared, the Stadio Olimpico, for World Cup 1990. So there's your piece of oh. who cares, wasn't really interested anyway trivia that you're going to get on a weekly basis. Uh, that was just for you, pressing pants, Hans. I I knew that it was I knew that it was rare that that happened. Um, that was so. Uh, that in talking of dates, I I took my other half to the Curva Sud, and um, sh- we. <laughs> this is where Italian football. You know, you go to Scottish football game, you walk through the turnstiles, you go to your seat. You go to the Italian football, you go to Serie A, especially if you're going into the Curva Sud, you go through four turnstiles uh, at each point getting your ID checked and your passport checked and you were then frisked at each four points. We got through three points, no bother. The fourth one, uh, Gail did not get through. And this fourth one, you go through one gate to get into the middle part 
and then you go through the scanning section. She was not a she was not allowed through that point. Uh, that point. Um, at this point, the Italian who's with us, a season ticket holder, says the last gate on the right is the bad gate. You don't want to go to that gate. That's where she <laughs> was sent. That this is the gate where half the people I watched going through were getting sent back out the side door after being um, confronted by security and police. Uh, so it took about 10, 15 minutes for her to get through. Um, and I say it was probably fortunate that we had someone who was a season ticket holder and actually Italian because he was negotiating with four security guards. I certainly wouldn't have been able to do that because um, beyond ciao and grazie, I don't really have much Italian at all. So, um, we I had, uh, sorry, on you go. So we eventually got in, but it was just <laughs> one of these moments where it was like, what do I do? Because I'm scanned through um, mm-hmm. at this point. What what would I have done? I know I know the security for that game. I, I commentated in the stadium for the last one, and our security detail was a former leader of the Cooks, which is the Commando Ultra Curva Sud, the Hardy Ultras that, that they own. And kind of, they're the ones in charge of that. And he pretty much, so obviously if, if, if Gail had been with him, she would have been fine. And you're, you're right, because it would have been very difficult if you hadn't been with someone who was a season ticket holder to get through. But the Cooks are, are one of the, the kind of ultra gangs. And they're, I mean, a Roma-Lazio game, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are, I mean, there's some hardy boys that, that they go to those games and that can be trouble. Well, it's funny, so we only got into the Curva Sud because um, you can't get in there unless you have a season ticket, but you're allowed to transfer your season ticket up to five times. So luckily, ah, the, okay. luckily, luckily the gentleman I know seems to be reasonably well-connected and know lots of fans. So he got two people who I've never met and will never meet to transfer their tickets to me and, to me and Gail. Nice, um, good. One of them um, was in Ghana and... I was like, why is he in Ghana just now? He's like, oh, he works for the EU. He's currently negotiating fishing policies in Africa. Um, of course. He, and the other person was a judge in Rome. <laughs> so, um, quite, he'd, get out, he'd get Gail out of trouble once he was in trouble by going through the naughty gate at the end. Quite important people transferring yes. their tickets over. So anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was a good evening. A, a, a good evening out, despite the fact that uh, I did say before the game, it's like this is equivalent of us, us playing Celtic. And when it went... When we were two 0 down after ten minutes, I think I turned to Luca and said, "Yeah, this definitely feels like watching Hearts against Celtic." Yeah, but they were stupid and they gave the goals away. By the way, this started with Karen Gillan potentially going out on a date <laughs> with Maurizio Pania. No wonder Preston Pan's Hearts gets pissed at our tangents. We've ended up in Rome. Yes, Jesus. okay. With by a bunga bunga, we've got an injury game in seven <laughs> bunga, minutes bunga, to try and yes. to try and. Oh, okay, let's let's. Yeah, but, but, yeah, by, by the way, Ian Murray. Okay. Think you'll get a replay this weekend? Ha! You never know. Full squad to choose from. Yeah, apart from Ryan, who is cup tied. So I think they're travelling more in hope than expectation for this weekend. I'm excited again. I'm excited again, and I want to see what kind of work has been done behind the scenes by Daniel Stendel and and his new assistant to prepare the players for this one. And we've got some good players coming back as well, haven't we? We've got some injury yes. uh, victims of the past who are fit again, including. John Souter, which is is good, and Connor Washington, who obviously played, and and Stephen Naismith. So I would imagine all all three of those will get a decent run out this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, um, looks like Craig Halkett 
uh, is now injured again. Oh, you're what? Um, which just came up just... What's, he, what, what's happened? What's he earlier got? Earlier today... Uh, oh, this shows the preparation levels. Let's have a look. Um, it did pop up that Craig Halkett was injured, though, um, which means... Oh, God, do we have to play Christoph better? Um, <laughs> could you imagine? Suffers injury ahead of... Oh, my God. I mean, this isn't funny anymore. He suffers injury. Centre-back rated doubtful after taking a knock in training. I didn't see anything more. It was just, just before we came on, I was I was reading. But, um... And we've got a captaincy decision to make, which I suppose will be a bit easier if he doesn't play. Um, but a replacement for, for Berra. I mean, Michael Smith would be the obvious one, but if Halkett doesn't play, it'll be interesting to see if he goes elsewhere. So, uh, but yeah, Naismith, Washington... Meshino, all in contention. It'd be, it'd be very exciting to see if Naismith and Washington play how that they could work in, yeah, in with a with a high press. Um, but it's one of these potential. You know, you're, you're playing a team third tier, but Airdrie are just two points off the top of League One. You've got the obvious. Obviously, we mentioned the Hibs connection. Ian Murray will be well well up for for trying to cause an upset. You've got a few ex players in there: Dale Carrick, Adam Eckersley, uh, Scott Gallagher, Ali Roy. So. It's one of these where you've got to take these games really seriously because we've seen it so many times both in in Scotland and in England that it's it's very easy for for these games to get away from clubs especially yeah. especially when you that third tier is a tricky level because championship you kind of always take it right this is only one mm-hmm. level below so it's pretty serious sometimes maybe I don't know it could be that uh, eye taken off of the ball because it's someone in the third tier but. It's one of these. I, I, you could easily see this get turning into a battle, and if it turns into a battle and it becomes a tight game, that's where there's nothing to lose for Airdrie, and the pressure becomes all in hearts. Uh, yeah, plus the fact that we've not played um, yeah, since the true, Aberdeen yeah. game, and, and there's always that. We've seen it in the NFL when I mean the the Ravens hadn't played for a while, and week 17 they kind of rested most of their their starters, and, and they got beaten by Tennessee. Um, so it happens in sport. There, you've got a momentum you can build on, and if you don't have that, plus Airdrieonians, Jesus, some of all Hearts fans' worst memories in the <laughs> Scottish Cup are of Airdrie. Uh, semi-finals at Hamden. Remember a third-round tie at Broomfield? That was a hell of a ground, by the way. It's just, I hope we get the job. I mean, I don't fancy a, a trek back to whatever the hell they play their football these days. Um, we should get the job done. I mean, if we're professional enough, uh, and the, the players, the players have been right up for it. And, and right so. now, I mean, the fact that you know we are where we are, we're struggling at the bottom of the table. Daniel Stendel's not at a first win yet. He's still trying to, I guess, <clears throat> get the team playing his way. This is not a game that he's going to be rotating players and try. He, he's going to be going with the strongest team and trying to still get that, I guess, oh, yeah. confidence up the minimum. Yeah, yeah, this, so. this is an FA Cup third round where. Which, by the way, goes. before we go, I. It kind of makes me a bit sad when I see that in the FA Cup. I know that some teams take it a little bit more seriously than others, and everyone, <clears throat> I had some Twitter debates about it, um, and a lot of people mentioned, well, it's to do with money, you know, look at the money that you get just for staying in the Premier League. But I was like, <sighs> but your your National Cup competition, especially in the UK, in Scotland and England, it's <sighs> I always loved watching the FA Cup and the Scottish Cup, especially the earlier rounds when you had... You had these big games and you had giant killing, but it was giant killing when the other team took it seriously. It wasn't giant killing because a top flight team played 11 reserves. It was giant killing because a team turned up and managed to absolutely upset the odds. 
I like that the Scottish Cup <clears throat> is still taken, is treated very seriously by everyone who, who takes part in it. Agreed. And like, like a lot of competition, I mean, Italian Cup this week, Coppa Italia, most of the big teams have played most of the big names. And I did a piece with Stevie Nicol last week. He obviously won it uh, a couple of times in 86 and, and 89. 89 was, was obviously more special because of Hillsborough. 86 was to complete the double. But he gave away the foul that led to Wimbledon's goal in, in 88 oh. that he played. And he, he just said that he's, I say he's distraught. I mean, like it's, 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 he's, he's very disappointed that someone that, that made everything to players of the 80s and early 90s, it's now become what it, what it has become. But bizarrely, most of the big teams are through. Villa don't count because they're shite. <laughs> uh, they lost it through them. But see, what does it say? Most of the big teams are through without playing um, their, most of their big, t- their, their big players. So mm-hmm. they'll take it seriously come the end of the competition. But yeah. it's sad. So um, that'll about bring us to the end of, of this week's show because Mark's got a dinner reservation in about six minutes. Um, I'm going to say it's not necessarily homework, but uh, what we're asking for, apart from voting on the next round of the Hard Men World Cup, is your multifunctional sportsmen or women um, down the years. If you can find hearts or Scottish football related, all the better. But people who have managed to play more than one sport um, in their careers. Um, it's a tough one, so I'm not expecting a plethora of replies, but an interesting one. So you can tweet us at Around the Funnel, or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Sorry, it's been a little bit rushed, a little bit haphazard, uh, or more so than usual this week. But um, thank you, Mark, for joining me anyway, just before your dinner reservation on your um, last last gasp holiday to, to Florida. Um, are you going to be able to catch the game this weekend? Yeah, fly back Friday, okay. and I've got uh, Milan Udinese Sunday. So, yeah, Saturday off, um, and I'll take it. It'll be on Hearts TV with video for us over here. Good, uh, looking forward to it. A man who will be torn, uh, Jimmy Sanderson, will be joining me on Hearts TV for Heart of Midlothian against Airdrie on Saturday afternoon. Let's hope when we speak to you next time, Hearts are in the next uh, round of the Cup. Uh, so we'll be back next week. And until then, uh, uh, bunga bunga. Bunga, 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 but also you've got to play out with, with um, Smooth Operator by Shady um, for, for our very good friend, uh, Karen Gillen's uh, future boyfriend, Maurizio Pini. Sounds good to me. See you next time.